Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't know if I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion. He's a rising star in this industry. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And how did you get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? Talking about, you know, wanting to inspire and, and like, I'm inspired right now. I want to run through a brick wall for you right now. I Cutthroat. It's very, you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the God Over Money Sports Network here. Before we kind of get started, this is kind of what we do. So uh, pause with me before we do a uh, quick prayer break. Lord, thank you for this time and for Mike taking time out of this day. And just more importantly about building relationships and being positive and making a great impact in Jesus' name. Amen. And folks, we do kind of a quick little Bible story here, kind of. We talk about purpose, Mike. We know your purpose. I know my purpose. Like, I think the notion is that, like, we all make mistakes. And the notion is that, oh, society says, oh, you make a lot of mistakes, that you can't go after what you love or you can't be doing this and that. That kind of notion, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. We talk about the woman at her well and people were judging her. Oh, look how many people you slept with or how many mistakes you made. I was like, wait a minute, who are we to judge other people for their mistakes? I definitely think that is a notion of thing that should not be happy despite her mistakes, which she has done. She has purpose in Jesus. And I think that's the beautiful part here in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4. It's like literally we all have a purpose in this world. And despite what other people say, it really doesn't matter. God gives us each a gift. Now, we did obviously work on our confidence. I don't have the most confidence. That's okay without a doubt. But uh Mike, thank you for coming on. And uh, how are we doing today? Uh, good, man. Appreciate the uh, the invite and and certainly excited to talk a little sports with you. Without a doubt, here we get Mike Yam from the NFL Network. Mike, I got to ask you, though, there's been some rumblings and we talk about relationships. Do you, 
did anything really happen between Le'Veon Bell and Andy Reid? Le'Veon Bell said this, and then Andy Reid kind of said really the opposite. Uh, you know, it's actually a good, uh, it's a good starting point, uh, just cause you talk about relationships and, and how difficult it can be in the two sides of different stories. It's funny, um, you know, without being there, you don't totally know, um, you know, kind of how those conversations take place. In fact, I was just finished up a show on Sirius XM radio on PAC 12 radio. We were having conversations around, uh, some of the allegations surrounding Arizona states, uh, uh, you know, recruiting uh, alleged recruiting violations. Mm -hmm. And I think what's kind of fascinating is there's all these reports that come out on one side of the story. And here it is. Haven't heard from Herm Edwards. Haven't heard from Ray Anderson other than a benign statement because there's an ongoing investigation. Can't comment exactly a little, little bit more, but it, it, I think it just kind of reminds me, you know, there's your story, my story, and then there's some truth sort of in the middle. So it, it's hard to know exactly for sure um, how that situation has played out. But I, I do think that, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully there'll be some sort of um, conclusion to some of the comments that were made on both sides. Definitely very concerned there, Mike. But for the people on this network that may not or may not know your story or how you got into the sports world, to what you're doing today, would you be able to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, you know, so I, I'm currently working for NFL Network, as you made reference to as well as Sirius XM Radio, which I just kind of referenced there, um, and doing a whole lot of different sports, right? NFL obviously is all NFL stuff, but on the radio side, uh, NBA Radio, Pac-12 Radio, which has been a large uh, piece of my background, last 10 years working at Pac-12 Network, a little less than 10 years. And then prior to that, I was at ESPN. Uh, doing some college sports shows, Sports Center, some NBA shows, sprinkling a little NASCAR occasionally as well. Um, and then prior to that, I was at NBA TV for a few seasons working on some of their studio shows. So uh, the the Cliff Notes version is it's been uh, a really remarkable run that I just never would have imagined would have taken place. Um, you know, John, a lot of times when I get opportunities to talk about career stuff. I often reference like you're not going to find anyone luckier than, than me. And I, I really do mean that just because of the opportunities that I've been fortunate enough to, to have in the business. Definitely understand. Talking about opportunities here. I see, like, I know you've worked for the Pac-12 for a certain time. I know you with, uh, you talked with Isaiah and uh, Lower about a couple of months ago, but what was yeah. it like necessarily starting from where you did, you talk about being an inspiration for people. Where did that necessarily come from, from when you, when you were younger? Wow. Um, you know, it's a good question, John, just because I think when I look back, I didn't necessarily growing up, you know, I, I didn't have aspirations and goals to be uh, a sportscaster um, that just wasn't on the radar. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a pediatrician. I thought that was sort of the path uh, for me when I got to Fordham, which is where I went to to college. I was actually pre-med. So it wasn't exactly like I was going to fall into this idea of being a sportscaster. And then obviously opportunities had uh, had popped up in that regard. And I think what's sort of fascinating about it is I think it took um, – seeing some people on air, like I was fortunate enough when I was at ESPN to work with Michael Kim, who was one of the first um, Asian Americans that I saw on television working in sports. Like that wasn't something that I had seen before. And I think in some regard, you know, like that might've planted a little bit of a seed uh, for me to understand like, Oh, like, Hey, it's, there's, you know, different demographic that can, that can do sports. So I think to your point and to your question, I think a lot of times you sort of need to see it to understand that it is possible. And I, I don't think I would have necessarily thought that um, when I was in college, I think that, or even prior to that elementary school, high school, those types of um, uh, 
you know, levels of education. I, I just don't know if I was necessarily mature enough to think in those terms and have a true understanding of what it actually, how meaningful seeing some representation was on me. I, I just, I don't think I necessarily thought in, in those terms, but now as I'm a little bit older and I reflect back, I go, oh yeah, like, I don't know if I would have thought that this is something that I could do without actually seeing it. Without a doubt, kind of talking about inspiration, I could say that I know this could sound corny, but I say like you've inspired Isaiah, inspired like myself, is that no matter your background or despite what people may say, you say there wasn't a lot of like Asian Americans in the sports media sure. world back then, kind of inspiring that I hope inspires other people here. But um, you t you talk about different personalities, relationships. Um, you talk about many people you worked with. What do you think like separates yourself, Mikey, and who's worked his butt off and is doing really awesome things with the NFL Network, Pac-12 Network, Sirius XM Radio. What do you think separates yourselves from other sports media personalities? Boy, it's a great question. It's not something that I've spent a whole lot of time um, thinking about. I don't, I don't know what it is specifically. I mean, maybe it's a willingness to, to say yes to opportunities. Maybe it is uh, a willingness to work in, in, you know, on different sports, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm a big NBA fan or I'm a big NFL fan and they just want to go down that path. You know, the reality was for me when I graduated, like that wasn't, you know, I, I didn't get like the job out of, you know, out of school at ESPN, for example, or NFL network, you know, like you, you have to say yes to different opportunities and that necessarily, you know, it didn't necessarily scare me. So I think there's that aspect, but you know, you use the term relationships and how important that is. I think over time, the more and more people that I've gotten to work with in this industry who go and end up working at other places, just how beneficial that is. Um, and to develop some of those relationships and where they see maybe a work ethic, my God, like I hope, I, I think, you know, the folks that I've worked with at my previous stops and, and hopefully my current one at NFL Network would say the same, like, hey, like we, we put him in a spot, he's he's going to do a good job for us and he's not going to complain. He's, you know, going to going to figure it out. Even in, in tougher spots, he's going to be able to excel. But I think the reality is it's like, how do you make uh, the people around you feel good about working with you? And I think to me, that's one of the big lessons that I've learned over my career that 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 is a really important distinction and how meaningful those relationships can can really be beneficial for for people. And I don't know if that's necessarily just a, a sports casting uh, lesson. I think that's just kind of a life lesson that you can apply to a lot of different industries humbling experiences you talk about that people always have the notion oh i want to start here but you talk about being humble this is exceptionally important when you graduate or work in this industry you're not going to start at espn My, i had that attitude at first i was like humble yourselves building relationships and starting to kind of realize that other people like yourself have realized that yes i could get that dream job but let's really focus on those relationships because those relationships can lead to that dream job, to the internship. Sure. That's not the notion, but I definitely think that is exceptionally important. But um, talk about notions are really expectations. We know Isaiah was really high and excited for Trey Lance to the 49ers. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, he's a huge 49ers fan, as we all know. You talk, like, you've looked at talent. You've talked about talent. What are your necessarily your expecta long-term expectations for Trey Lance? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Because I think you look at long-term has to be the take when evaluating a guy that has one season of college experience, right? And, and not even necessarily at a Power 5 level. So I think there's that aspect of it. But the physical tools are... Are there for him? I, I I still circle back to watching some of the game film on Trey Lance and what he can do. Um, you know the mobility, uh, the arm strength, 
um, you know, the fact that he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Now people have talked about his accuracy, but keep in mind, this is a guy who threw one interception in, uh, in his entire career. Granted it's one season in one game and it was cut short because of COVID, but you know, in, in, in D1 history, I, I think it's the highest. I, I had the stat when I was working, uh, the draft for NFL network and it's escaping me, but it's something along the lines, John, of it's the most attempts with a minimum of like 300 without with, with the fewest amount of interceptions where he just had the one. So I think it was like 326 career attempts. Um, and the one pick, like to me, that's, that's really impressive. And I think it shows a command of that offense, which I think is also really significant, but the expectation level, I think it, it has to be long-term because I don't think he's the starter in week number one. You know, the reason why the Niners went and made uh, the decision to go and trade up, and the draft is because of the health concerns around Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, you, you look at what he was when he's healthy, and, and Jimmy is a guy that led them to a Super Bowl. So, you know, the pieces are in place. Last year, the Niners were the walking wounded. They had so many issues, I mean, from and not just offensively, but defensively. I mean, the health of Jimmy obviously was an issue for him, but I look at a wide receiving core. I, I look at a guy like George Kittle, too, at the tight end spot. You know, the issues where this team were they just weren't able to stay healthy on both sides of the football. Assuming health, there's no reason to think that this is not a Niners team that once again could make a run in the NFC West, could be that premier team. And I get it, the Rams sort of reloaded here. You know, Seattle's still Seattle, although there's some issues obviously with Carroll uh, and Russell Wilson. But the point is, th there are pieces in place right now for the San Francisco team to have success. So I think from uh, the ideal location for Trey Lance, it is San Francisco because he's not one of these quarterbacks where you got to slot him in, John. And in week one, he's the savior. He, he's not playing that role. And I think that's really what's unique about this situation. Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, you know, despite the fact that Schottenheimer, who's their, their passing uh, game coordinator, so they haven't named a starter. And Urban Meyer said he's not ready to be a starter just yet, but he doesn't have to be. You know, he's going to be their week one guy, right? I mean, CJ Beathard and Gardner Minshew love those guys and, and they'll be great backups. And, you know, Gardner, I got to know a little bit when he was playing at Washington State. You know, I, I hope those guys have success. But Trevor Lawrence is the savior for that organization. Trey Lance does not have to play that role from a San Francisco perspective. So I do think, uh, you know, that's definitely beneficial for him. And then, you know, to circle back on your question long term, like there's no reason to think that with Kyle Shanahan and his offensive mind and the skill set that uh, Trey Lance brings to the table that that he can't be one of the more dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL. I do think it's going to take time. I do think it's going to take reps. Uh, you know, I talked to Matt Leinart about this, who obviously had a ton of success at the college level and and you know was able to to have a good career and and stay in the NFL for a number of years. I had asked him like, what are the issues? What are the things that are are going to be part of that learning curve. And he said the speed of the game by far is going to be one of the hardest things that Trey Lance is going to have to master because the the jump in terms of competition, he's not coming like, you know, like uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson and Ohio State like Justin Fields where he's played elite competition every single week. That just hasn't been the case for Trey Lance. So I think, A, the speed of the game, and then to take it a step further, understanding defenses and what's coming at you. I, I think what's fascinating, Matt had said to me, um, before the draft that he thought the quarterback that had the best command of defenses and where defensive blitzes were coming from was Mac Jones. And to me, that was telling. Now, obviously he's in new England with the Patriots, but I, I do think that's a fascinating thing to consider knowing um, some of the things that Trey Lance is going to have to, to figure out. But the beauty is I have to figure it out for week. Number one, he can sit back, he can learn from Jimmy G and soak it all in.
smart franchise here. I had to, I understand, but like Trey Lance talk about Seattle, but real quick though, obviously we talk about the relationship with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. He says sure. that there is anything there, Mike. Um, we've all played that card game BS, and I'm gonna have to call it just a little bit of. Uh, I I just don't feel like they say that they're gonna trade him or not. But um, I'm on Trey Lance once again, though. I it's just such a smart thing. I think where, like you said, the game's getting faster. Yeah. Quarterback failure rate is getting lower and lower. It's a more quarterback friendly. I think he has a a great opportunity, and that's a lot of times what you talk about with Matt Leiter and others. Like the notion now is like if you don't have like that veteran quarterback to help you out, Aaron Rodgers is for now. What we look at like Rodgers and other quarterbacks, Mike. Do we really see them maybe having as successful of a career if they didn't have to learn from a guy that's either been to the Super Bowl or been to the playoffs? I think that could, without a doubt, benefit Trey Lance long term. Yeah, look, there's no doubt that that is definitely a trend. If you had to go and pick, you'd want the guy to kind of soak things in. And I think that's one of the luxuries that a guy like Justin Fields has, right? I mean, the Bears trade up, they go and get him. But Andy Dalton is an established quarterback in the NFL who's had uh, success and can really show him the ropes. But I think the more you don't have to throw guys into the fire, the better. But, you know, on the flip side, John, I mean, the way the game is played right now, you go and use the leverage of a high draft pick on a quarterback, you're expected to play in a relatively short period of time. Now, I would say Trey Lance might not be the starter in week number one for this upcoming season. I'd be surprised if he wasn't starting week one, though, in two seasons from now. So that's just something to consider. Like that that leadership with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have to figure out that right time to transition. What I think is going to be fascinating specifically about the Niners is what happens if this team is able to stay healthy? What if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that we saw a couple seasons ago leading this team to a Super Bowl? What happens if they get to the Super Bowl? You know, maybe Trey Lance isn't then the guy. I don't know how you transition uh, from a guy that just led you to a Super Bowl to a you know a rookie or a second year player at that point. I think that's a harder conversation. It's a great problem to have if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, but I think there's a lot of expectations for quarterbacks now to have success very quickly. Justin Herbert, one of those guys, right? We saw him ball out with the Chargers. Joe Burrow now coming off of a knee injury, and I hope Cincinnati figures out their offensive line to keep that guy upright. But I, I think those are two examples of guys that were thrown into, into the mix. Joe's situation different than Justin's, right? Like Joe gets taken. He's expected to be the savior of that, that organization. And by all estimations, he's going to be a great co- quarterback at the NFL level. Justin Herbert wasn't expected to be the week one starter. And then obviously there were some issues on the sideline there. And I, I think what's great about Justin is he gets thrown into the mix on short notice minutes before a game. And then he's he not going to lose that starting job. And I think the flashes of what you saw from the offensive rookie of the year last year is, is really telling. So I, I don't look, there's not one way, a right way, or, you know, the only way to do it. But I, I will say this from a, the way the game is perceived now and the way teams assess the value of a high draft pick, you don't go and draft a guy really high and not to not to play him in, in short order. Maybe the Niners situation is different because typically here's the other thing, John. When you're picking one, two, or three, you're in the top five in the NFL draft, it's, it's probably because you didn't have a really good year. Now, the Niners traded up to get to that third overall spot, but they weren't a great football team a season ago. They had six wins last year. And I think part of that has to do, actually, I would say 90% of that has to do with injuries that they suffered on the football field. So I do think the situation for a young quarterback in Trey Lance is more unique than most quarterbacks taken that high in the NFL. 
Lovely passion and energy, I mean, especially talking football here. We talk about starters are uncertainty here. Um, Green Bay, we know that's been kind of a certain situation. Some people got fluff. Some people say no. But uh, in all honesty, just in your genuine heart-to-heart -heart opinion on this, do you think Rodgers stays with Green Bay? Or is it yeah. one of those where he uh, maybe goes for another team? Yeah, I, I don't – I mean – coming off an MVP season, man. I mean, this is one of the best seasons that he's had in his career. And I understand the frustration. I think Aaron looks around the league, sees a guy like Tom Brady, goes to the Bucs. They go all in on winning right now. And I don't know if he's felt that way from a Green Bay perspective. And I don't want to speak for him, but I, I do think he wants to find himself in a position where he can win another Super Bowl and add to that legacy. I just don't know if you are the Green Bay Packers, how you go and execute a trade, because you're not going to get fair value back, right? Like that's just never going to happen for a guy at that caliber um, is, is number one. And then number two, I just don't know, um, you know, where does that leave you as an, as an organization? Now, granted, they go and they draft Jordan and Jordan's supposed to be that, that next guy. And maybe they didn't anticipate. I mean, what did Aaron say the other day? Like I ruined, um, you know, their plan, that succession plan by having that success. Once again, good problem for the Packers to go and have, but Green Bay wasn't a bad football team. Green Bay was in the mix last season as a playoff team that, that could have been, they get 13 wins last season. You know, I, I think they would have been on the short list for saying like, Hey, like, could you win a Super Bowl? Yeah. So I don't think they're that far off. I do think that there is a communication and a relationship problem. We started on this podcast talking about, you know, relationships there. And I, I do think there's some issues internally. I just don't, I don't know what the path is for for Green Bay in in trying to trade a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I don't I don't know how that actually gets gets executed because I just don't think the value you can't get value back. There's very few guys um, that can you're going to get. It's like trading Shaq, right? In the NBA, it's like, dude, like what are you supposed to do? What are you going to get back for Shaq? It's like a bunch of pieces. And granted, mm -hmm. you know maybe there's something for Green Bay, but I just. I don't know, man. I mean, Matt LaFleur said, look, we're comfortable with whoever our guy's going to be. Um, I'm sure he'd be more comfortable, though, if it's Aaron Rodgers. Break in my Broncos heart once again and need some therapies. We don't have a kind of quarterback here in situations. So, yeah. But, um, again, Mike from the NFL Network and then the Sirius XM Radio, Pac-10 Radio here. But got to ask you, though, we talk about, because I know you're a very tight schedule here, but you talk about, like, MVP candidate. Like, Rod sure. Rodgers played phenomenal last year. Who would you see maybe a guy that's under the rug or underlooked for a potential MVP candidate next year? Wow. Um, you know, I hadn't really necessarily thought about that. I How about this? I'll give you a guy that just based off of what we saw last season with injuries and not – look, and kudos to the NFL for being able to execute a season during during COVID – um, you know, obviously we didn't have the, you know, the preseason was shortened and we didn't, we didn't necessarily have guys prepare adequately like we've seen in years past. We saw some injuries for some guys, um, early on in, in the season. I mean, those first couple of weeks, I felt like it was a little bit of the walking wounded. I'll give you two names. And, and typically when we talk MVP, a lot of it has to do with, uh, the quarterback spot, but I'll give you two names. One guy who was healthy last season, who was a one man wrecking crew. Um, and another guy who actually was, was banged up. So Derek Henry would be the one guy that I would throw into the mix. I, I want to get away from the quarterback conversation. And then I'll throw Christian McCaffrey's name out there. I think Christian with Sam Darnold, um, a new look to that offense, a different complexion. If, if Christian is healthy, I think he's a guy that can be, um, in that conversation, but Derek Henry, I think is as good of a guy, um, in terms of a talent in the NFL as there is. And, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson has 
um, sort of like a resurgence in his play. And if he's able to improve accuracy, here it is. I'm saying get away from the quarterbacks and I'm bringing one up. But, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson is, is one of those other candidates as well. Couldn't agree more. Real was about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's why guys like Adrian Peterson is so special, yeah. winning the MVP and all this conversation. Sure, sure. Uh, folks, we kind of end this here. We uh, to support the Huntley Park Scholarship for Jay Callen and the Hawking community this past week. This past week and a half, lost the, uh, them to an unfortunate turn accident. Link down below will be to my personal Facebook page, MI6, and our network there. But uh, Mike, uh, before we kind of go, we like to do what we call final thoughts. So without sure. Further ado, let's go to this afternoon's final thoughts. Again, folks, Mike Yam from the NFL Network, Pad 10 Network here, and Sirius XM Radio. But uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final shout outs or things you're working on or for people to look out for? You know, the only thing that I would say is I just hope everyone stays healthy and I hope we get a great football season. I'm looking forward to a normal year. I think we've seen it. With the NBA playoffs and the fact that fans being in the stadiums, not even at full capacity, how much of a difference that makes. And as I see press releases from NFL organizations saying that they're going to have full capacity, I think we're all just super excited for what should shape up to be a phenomenal year in the NFL. Definitely is great to have football, in my opinion, the best sport on the planet. But again, folks, Mike Yam, NFL Network, Sirius XM Radio, and Pac-10 Network, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's do this again, and I can't stress enough how much I love that that passion and energy for football. None like no other. But uh, thank appreciate you so much it, man. For on. Thank yeah, you. thanks for the invite.